Well, my name is Jose Salgado. I'm a chiropractor for 29 years now. So I graduated from a very uh, well, well not known chiropractic school, to say the least. And it's Northwestern College of Medipractic. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I didn't know anything about chiropractic. Uh, my mom, my dad, families, and there's not a there's no chiropractors in my family. So what happened is a very good friend of mine. We both were going to school in Wisconsin. I was going to a very small school called Carroll College at the time. Today it's called Carroll University. And he was going to UW Milwaukee, which is University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. And we got to meet in Puerto Rico. And we both were kind of like dancing around the idea to become medical doctors or something in the health care profession, quote unquote. And he decided, you know, we were, you know, at the time, we didn't have any iPads. No, you know, you couldn't surf on the web. There was everything done by bulletin boards. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, he was just going, kind of like coming from one of the classes. We're going to, we're going to meet at the cafeteria in Uni University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. I was at that time going one semester there and he went like, look what I found. I'm like, what did you find? He said, it was a little, uh, like a postcard with a, uh, the postage, you know, like it's already paid for a prepaid postage. And he says Northwestern College of Chiropractic. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. So he said, I'm going to send it. I'm going to fill it up. Let's see what, you know, what is it, what is it about? And from there, I'll go on. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool for you. So finally, he filled it up. He decided, you know, they, they sent him the information. He applied for the chiropractic school. And he got accepted very quickly. And I was like, wow, this is really quick. Anyway, we graduated. I graduated in 87, April, I May. And he graduated in 86, December of 86. So in 87, September, he went to chiropractic school. And in the middle of 87 to 88, which is, was a, our break, uh, December break or Christmas break, he came down to PR to Puerto Rico. And I, I was having a party at home, and he said, you're going to become a chiropractor. And I'm like, what? You're crazy. I'm not going to do that. He said, yes, you are. And I'm, I'm telling you this because in chiropractic, we always said that you don't look for a chiropractic. Chiropractic just finds you. You never find chiropractic. Chiropractic finds you. And, you know, I get goosebumps with that. And basically, he went, you're going to be a chiropractor. I'm like, you know something? Send me, tell them to send me the, the documents just to fill them up, you know, and let's see what happens. So I was so amazed that they really answered me. He called the school. For some reason, somebody was at school in the break. They sent me the papers over. I filled them up. And in a matter of three weeks, they answered saying, yes, you're accepted. I'm like, but you don't have my transcripts. You don't have anything from me. How are you going to send me? <laughs> and they went like, you know, something is not official, but because of what you already told us, it means that, you know, unofficial, you have the prerequisites or requisites just to get into school. So what we needed to make a confirmation when everything comes in. So I was like, man, I, I mean, this is, this, is, this is too easy to be true. I mean, it's got to be, be something here. So the transcript came in and they finalized, you know, gave me an official acceptance, you know, letter of acceptance. And I was like, wow, I was like impressed. So I went to my mom and I said, mom, I'm going to be a chiropractor. Oh, my God. 
If you didn't, if you want to see a fight at that date, I mean, but not a, a big fight. It just she was not happy whatsoever. <laughs> you didn't know what chiropractic was. <laughs> so basically, she was expecting I was going to become a medical doctor and all that, you know, all the stuff that come with that. So my brother was a very big fanatic of chiropractic, and he was the one who said, "Yes, go, go, go. Don't worry about mom. You go." You know, he really loved chiropractic. I said, so I'll go. So I went to chiropractic school and I got a, I was a little bit disappointed because I started to learn more medicine than chiropractic. Hmm. And, you know, they taught me how to use a stethoscope and we're doing prostate exams and we're doing vaginal exams, even though that's very graphic, but it, that was true. And I was like, that, this cannot be possible. I mean, I, I'm going to a chiropractic school and I was reading a little bit about chiropractic school and it didn't make sense what I was reading to what I was learning. Mm. So I was ready to quit. I, I went like, no, 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 this is not what chiropractic is about. I'm learning something called in the green books. I don't know if you have heard about that, but those are like the books that give you the philosophically uh, base of chiropractic. Those are... The books that they were done or they were, they, they, they were, you know, the person who wrote them is BJ Palmer, which is the developer of chiropractic, the son of the, of the founder, which is David Daniel Palmer. So to me, I was like, I was reading this and I was doing this. So, I, you know, my brain was going crazy and it was not fun. It was no fun whatsoever learning. Chiropractic school is very difficult. I mean, you're doing, what a medical school does in the four year for, for plus the specializing uh, material and stuff, you're doing a, in the four year setting that becomes at three years and a, a trimester or a, a quarter, it depends where you study at. What normally a medical professional would take eight years or 12 years to go through? Yeah. So basically, I mean, you do the whole thing because it's like, like you're doing the, you know, what, 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 what would it say? Just like a, a GP, a general practitioner, and then you go into a specialty. So in point chiropractic, you do the GP and you do the specialty at once. Everything is in the same program. The same thing happened with the podiatrist, and you know, same thing happens with other, like for example, uh, the optometrist. That they do the whole thing in those four years. It's not like you do medical school and then you go for the podiatrist right. you know, specialty. So anyway, that, that to me, I was a little bit bummed out. I was, I'm to tell you the truth, I was ready to quit. And something really interesting happened. Jose, which is the same guy, I'm, my name is Jose, he's, his name is Jose. He's the guy who were my roommate and my friend in, in, in college, came from a seminar having a weird experience. The only thing we learned in chiropractic school that you move bones and that's what it is chiropractic. So you move bones, the, the bones kind of crack. That's why you say, you know, crack my back. And basically, which is not correct, but that's the way, you know, we say it. And he came from a seminar telling me something different. And I was like, holy cow, what? It's just a technique that they just use a very gentle contact. If you have a reference, just so you can understand what I'm saying, if you take your, your uh, pointing finger and you go to your eyelid and you go up and down with the, with the finger, it's going to be very light. And that much pressure was the adjustment. I said, no, 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 no. 
Uh, that, that's not chiropractic either. You know, that's <laughs> not what it is. So he went, Jose. What really caught me off guard is like he was mumbling after the fact he got an adjustment and he doesn't mumble. So I, I was like, why is he, you know, talking that way? He doesn't talk that way. So I said, something happened in him that didn't happen with the other adjustments. So I want to get that. So he said, next week, weekend, we're going to be practicing. Do you want to be one of the examples? I said, okay, might as well. Let's go. Let's, you know, let's, let's try it. So I got there. I started seeing people doing kind of weird things. You know, I remember the house, you know, kind of a typical American house with the roof is kind of this way. In Puerto Rico, we build flat. So to me, that's a big, big difference. You know, we build just to build on top of things. Mm-hmm. You know, the houses in the States are more like just for the snow or whatever reason they build that way. So I remember the house, white in the, in the outside, white in the inside, and very rectangular the space we were working at. And I remember the chiropractic tables and people were doing very gentle contacts. And I'm in the, on the spine, you know, the neck or the low back. And I was like, that's not chiropractic. So I got my turn, got laid down. And they started, you know, kind of touching my spine very gently. Nothing happened. You know, it was like ready to go. And to tell you the truth, I was like, mm, I'm out. And right there... Jose came with this girl that I remember the day that I started, you know, she came. I'm not very good at names, as you can tell, we were talking before. But, you know, the name sometimes doesn't come to my mind really fast. And I remember this girl's name, like, from the top of my head. And her name is Lynn Coriel. And she came to me, and she did a very gentle contact underneath my eye. That's called the occiput. And in my low back. And I start breathing. Like, I couldn't stop. It was so weird. I started kind of stretching. I started, like, laughing. Out of a sudden, everything was spontaneously. I I didn't want to do it. My body was just doing it. I didn't want to do it. Especially me coming from the background of being what we called, you know, this person who wants to be a control freak. But I wanted to control every experience in my life. (laughs) And now my body was controlling me. He was doing things that I, I wasn't expecting to be done, you know, being do, done by my body. And I started laughing and tears started coming through my eyes. And I was like, wow, such a gentle contact can produce such a profound change in my physiology. And right there, when I got up, I said, this is fun. I like this. I don't understand it, but I like it. And right there, a little bit after that happened, I realized, because, I mean, when I got up from the table, my posture shifted, all my muscles, especially my neck, really were totally relaxed. I started having more movement. You know, it was a lot of, like, a like a well-being kind of a feeling inside of my body that I had never experienced before, at least with the adjustment that I was getting in school, that I knew, you know, right there, I knew that I came to chiropractic not to become, you know, to become you know, or to be my profession. It really become or became to be my mission, what I was going to do in life. 
And I feel so amazed of bringing all this to everyone yeah, that surrounds me because I believe what chiropractic is for. And that's when I understood that chiropractic wasn't about back pains and back aches or neck pains. It was about really helping people transform their lives in every level because of, you know, the nervous system, the brain controls everything. So when that happens, your life turns into different things. So that's that's my story. That's how I got into chiropractic, not because I wanted to. Chiropractic found me. You go from there to funtitude, and I heard you say in another interview before this, you use chiropractic as your outlet for funtitude. Can you explain that? <laughs> this is what happened. Funtitude... It's a, a system, if you want to call it a lifestyle, a way of living that I, it, it pours through my, through every, every part of my, of my being. So I have divided it in three ways. One is what I, what I call, you know, when I bring funtitude is that part of the fun. Most of us have lost the fun part of our lives. You know, people go to go to work, come back. People are married for a hundred years, and every day they do the same thing. You know, it's just people have kids. You know, kids become a routine. It's like the same old thing. And basically, in the middle part, you know, there is something that we have. You know, you you must have fun because that's that's what what I call. You know the funtitude. You, sh- you we should have the altitude, and that's where chiropractic comes into it. And the altitude is to that connection to whatever you feel is your guidance in the non-visible, you know, visible way. Even though if you don't believe in anything, because I always say to people, if you don't believe in anything, yes, you believe in something. It's called anything. <laughs> And that anything to me means something. So that anything is your invisible force. So when we're connected to that invisible force, then it has it will come to the attitude, which is the third part, where then funtitude become become the whole thing. Because if you're having fun. If you're connected to that source, whichever way you do it, and even though you think it doesn't exist, it's okay. Because that what you think is not, it is. And then you have the attitude that no matter what's going to happen, you know, life is going to just show up. What is it um, that you find in chiropractors specifically that might not have that mindset to where it's something that they have to consciously work on and learn how to do in the altitude. Why would that have to be with chiropractic? That's the first thing, because that's what you asked me. It's how funky to is related to chiropractic. So in that regard, the connection in chiropractic, we believe there is what we call innate intelligence, right? It's like the wisdom that is inside of you that knows how to heal, knows how to, you know, make, you know, from uh, clay makes a body, you know, from two cells, put your nose here and put your ears here instead of putting, put them here, you know, he knows. The power that makes the body heals the body and it can, it's self-governing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then you have in the outside is a four calls universal intelligence. It's just an intelligence. I mean, he knows when it needs to rain. He knows when it needs to just blow the air a little bit, you know, harder or faster. <laughs> he knows when to put it, you know, around like a tornado, even though we don't like it, but that's called nature. <laughs> and basically, when we do the adjustment or the correction of the subluxation effort, I don't know if many of you people who listen to this are chiropractors or are non-chiropractors, so we need to, you know, define that a little bit. Basically, is when either the spinal cord, which is what comes out of the brain inside the spine, is either stretched or torque, or the bone is at a place, a vertebra, bone of the spine, and is putting pressure into one of the roots of the nerve that goes to the heart or goes to anywhere. Anywhere there. So when we, how does this funtitude come into place? When we chiropractors, at least in my side, we do the adjustment. Now you have a big connection to that altitude. And now the universal intelligence can communicate with you. Your innate intelligence, you can organize, you can heal better, you can function better. And that will bring that altitude, that connection to that invisible power or invisible forces. I like to call it that way. It's, it's more appropriate. So now having that, we can go to answer the question you asked me now. What specifically about chiropractors do you find that they're struggling with their funtitude, that they just clock in, clock out? Most chiropractors are focused in making tons of money and they forget to have fun. I was there. <laughs> so it's not like I'm, I'm the master of having fun all the time. It's just I, I have been there. So I have created a way that people can really bring more of the fun in their life. And there's many ways to do it. One of them through my life is through dance because I love to dance. So every day in one of my rituals that I do is either I jump on a trampoline while I just, you know, listen to music or I start dancing. It's just a matter of movement for me. Maybe for others it's basically just meditating. Maybe for others just go run. I don't know. Maybe for others just was a walk. Maybe for others just to, you know, make love to their spouses or, you know, vice versa. Maybe for somebody else is just have a conversation with somebody else with their kids. But those little things create a difference in the way you see life in the fun part because we get so, so stuck in this part that we don't see the others and family, friends, and the things that are fun start just running away from us. And then we go into become adult, adults, but in the other golden ages, and the fun is not that fun. It can be fun, but for some of people, it's not fun. They start you know, having issues with pain, with back aches, I mean, with all the stuff that, in quote, we thought we were taking care of because we were not taking care of us. We were taking care of people. 
and we were not doing the things that we were preaching. <laughs> Do you think it's people like actually forgetting that it's a person that you're working with and just thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm going to make money for doing this rather than really listening and trying to understand what this person is going through and how to help them. Totally, totally. To I mean, I'm totally agree with you. It's a totally with there because we all, we're working, we're dealing with people. We just have a person in front of us and it doesn't, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very, I, I don't have a problem that we make money because of it. You know, that, 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 that's it's not like the, a side effect of helping people. Of course. I mean, and we're supposed to make not good money. We're supposed to be super billionaires because we're transforming people. We're helping people reach their full potential through the system that gov governs or controls. I don't like that word control. That word, I have a little bit of an issue because it's not about controlling anything, but about governing, you know, have a government, a government system that just decide when one thing goes first, one goes next, and everything's so detailed mm -hmm. that you have the best pharmacy, you have the best drugs there is, and your body knows at what times it needs a little bit more insulin, at what times need a beta blocker. Which is what we use, you know, for higher pre for low for high pressure things, or human growth hormone, or you know, it, whatever it, it is. He knows the whole thing, but we trust more in the power of a knife, which we'll call, you know, scalpel. Or we'll have more uh, trust in the power of a pill of a poison than the power that really animates, creates you, motivates, and heals you. And that, that I, I get very philosophical because, and I get my eyes tear because I come from the other side. I went to school that taught us to do a pelvis exam and taught us to do uh, a prostate exam before we learned to do an adjustment. And today I see so many chiropractors coming from amnesia school and the first thing they do is they treat a backache. They treat a headache. And chiropractic is so much more. Hmm. And the right word, not, not to correct you, is just to give uh, people the best spectrum. We don't manipulate anything. We do an adjustment. We put a force and allow the innate wisdom to do the correction. You know, your body knows how to heal. As you say, you know, we talk about it all the time. The power that makes the body heals the body. Right. So, uh... <laughs> so who were some of your mentors? Oh my God, <laughs> the list is long. <laughs> my big mentor through chiropractic, through what I started, everything is Donnie Epstein. I learned a lot of stuff from Donald Epstein. He was the one who taught me the green books, chiropractic itself. Through all those years, you know, Reggie Gold, um, you know, as I said, names, you can get Joe Donofrio, all, all that, because uh, the son right now is one of the, the I think is the clinical director in Sherman. I don't think he is. And basically from there, Joseph Strauss, even though I didn't, you know, uh, 
I didn't met, met him at the time. I didn't I didn't meet him. I didn't know him, you know, personally, but read from, you know, many things from him. Joe Felicia, that's from Renaissance, Guy Rigman. I mean, there is so many people through the life that I have learned from many of them. I met uh, Dr. Thompson in my school. He went to my school. I met uh, one of the techniques that I love even though it's right now it's banded as the way they have they can use it because they use like a lens and instrument just to detect the subluxations. It's called uh, Gordon Toughness, which is the brother of the founder of uh, Toughness Technique, which is Iron Toughness. But he was there already, so I met his brother. He came to school to speak. I was the president of the philosophy club at the school at the time that I was there. In a school that philosophy was not allowed. <laughs> 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 so we were we were doing things out of the box very subversive was, uh, <laughs> very subversive <laughs> yeah that's it and even in school i have a couple of people that maybe not very well known but I'm very proud to have like dr esh and dr esh was a graduate from logan and logan uh college of chiropractic at the time it was you know, directed by Dr. Logan. And Dr. Logan was one of the, 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 the oldest in chiropractic. And he created a system or a technique that is a low force technique. And basically, he learned he, while he was going to school, the only thing they could do was that technique. If they caught them moving a bone, if anyone there, they will get kicked out of school. And I can tell you, I feel very honored that Dr. Edge was one of my, of my professors while I was going to chiropractic school, and he taught us that school, that technique as it was supposed to be done. And it's one of the, the techniques that no, they don't teach that much anymore, not even the school that created it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's that's another of my mentors. I mean, I can keep going of the mentors here. I mean, let me see who else. Sigafus, I mean, another of my mentors. I love upper cervical. I mean, that's one of my, my dreams because Donnie was an upper cervical practitioner. Plus, I know upper cervical very well. And in the system that I use is network spinal. Upper cervical, upper cervical is part of the system. Okay, so it's part of that of that mentality. What else do I have in my mentor side? Even though in the in the in the new people, you know that I have a lot of students became they they became my mentors. I've heard people say that my parents say that you learn just as much by teaching as you do by learning. <laughs> you know something, my students that I do teach the system that I do, and students from school when they come to do shadowing in my office. I learn. They think they came here just to teach me. I think became my mentors. <laughs> if they taught me something that I was like, "Oh my god, what do you hear that?" Isn't it funny I, how I've been out of school for a long time? I need to go back to school. <laughs> isn't it funny how somebody can draw something out of you? Two, two, you know, two or more bits of information that you had, but they weren't connected somehow, and they weren't functioning in tandem. And I'm going to tell you my biggest mentors of all is my dad, Didi Palmer, which is the dad of chiropractic, and his son, BJ Palmer. And why I we say that? Because 
the person who gave me the board in Puerto Rico, at the time I, we needed to do like, instead of part four, we have four parts to take to practice chiropractic anywhere in the States, in Puerto Rico as well. And my time, there were your three parts. The fourth part was the state board. And the person who gave me my state board, uh, he passed away a few, um, I will say like six years ago. Dr. Jim Loveland, and he was a Loveland, totally. He's from the States. He was here. He married a Puerto Rican woman. And uh, in his um, diploma, the signature of BJ was there. Wow. So I'm telling you, I feel so honored because I know I have a direct lineage to BJ and to Didi through him. That's amazing. And he became one of my mentors, too. He's mentored a lot of people, BJ has. Oh, my God. <laughs> the world has changed. One spine at a time. Big time. You might have included this in some of the names that you already mentioned, but like your business philosophy, because there's the there's the chiropractic side of things, and then there's the business side of things. Uh, did you happen to get those from the same person that had a holistic view, or have you? I'm, 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 tell, I'm telling you, and I apologize to interrupt you, but that I'm listening to you in that regard, and I forgot to say this. And I was part of the master's circles, and that's the part of my business part. And we have three people there that they call the masters, and it was Dennis Perman, Buff Hoffman, and, let, and the other name, I, I won't ever forget, but I mean, right now, my brain is kind of like <laughs> in those moments. And it, it, it'll come to me. And he was the biggest one. The, 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 the third one is, he was this big. But basically, when he got into stage, he grew like, I mean, seven, seven feet. It, he was like amazing. Markson. Yeah, it's just his last name is Markson. That that uh, the names just sometimes come. And he had a system called before the the uh, the master circle Markson management. But I was not part of him of that group. I came become I, I became part of the group when he became the master circle. And he was, I mean, and he still is, and same as Bob, and the same as Dennis. They changed my life. They changed my life to see that you have to get paid for, for what you do. I mean, you're doing an amazing job and you deserve to get paid in one way or the other. But you need to get paid and, you know, what you do is very important for people and the business part, you know, they created that value for me. And I really am very appreciative for that. I mean, my entire life. And that's, you know, that's the ones that I can tell you. They taught me that part. I have other coaches in my life. I have have many, like 10 or 12 coaches. And there is another coach that I really, really love. It's Alan Russo, which is part, was part of them. And he was the coach that was with me the whole time. And then I have other coaches that I totally changed my life in different ways. It's like each one brings like a little piece 
Mm-hmm. That's because that how in your business and your life, you know, they bring like a little piece, and that's a different, a, a different, you know, different way of doing. You know, that's what I was doing. I was for people that are listening. I was motioning with my hands, like you piecemeal. You you take a little bit and piece from all these different people, and you make it. You synergize your own new thing in the way that makes sense. Larry Markson. That couldn't, that, you know, I know that the name will come and I won't forget, but sometimes my brain doesn't work in names very well. So they have to just come back, back to myself. So uh, you heard this bonus question. If you listen to the Billy DeMoss episode, um, what's your religious background? <laughs> I love it. Surfing is not. <laughs> love you, Billy. I love you, Billy. Of course, I love you. You're the best, man. Looking forward to speaking one of these days at your platform, just to bring some fun to it and and just have some wild stuff there. You know something? That is so funny because I was thinking today. I was just watching the uh, Facebook, and one of my big friend, my good friends from uh, childhood, he is a surfer, and I grew up with surfers. It's so funny. And when you're talking about that, about Billy Moss, I was like, wow, that is so wild. So we used to go to a, call, a place called Pine Grove in Puerto Rico. It was very small, you know, just to start surfing. And I remember myself being on the sand, just watching them surfing. I will never take a, a, a wave, you know, I'll stay outside. <laughs> that, to me, that's like... Well, I grew up in I, Texas, I, so you got to drive like six hours from where I was to even find a beach. And then even then, the surf's not that great. <laughs> but in Puerto Rico, you know, it's an island. And this is 100 by 35, 100 miles by 35. So you, you'll get to a beach. Less, whatever you are, at least two hours to say the most. And you are, you're in the water. Yeah. My home is half hour. So it's like you have it right there. So basically my religion background. I grew up in a household where my father, I think he didn't follow that much of a religion <laughs> other than the way he, he thought about life. And my mother, I believe, was a Catholic, you know, in the background. But as, as we all, most, most uh, Puerto Ricans are, I grew up as a Catholic. That's my religious background. And I was an altar boy at one time. Okay. <laughs> that was funny because I always made fun of that. I'm like, me, an altar boy? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and right now in my life, I'm open. I'm very eclectic. I believe that God is in every, everywhere, every way. The expression of God is in every way, everywhere. That the most you can do is to really love everyone that you have in front of you. Do the best you know how to do it. Create a difference in every space that you are. That when you leave the place, the energy-wise is better than when you came in. That so people can have an impact in their life in the way they need it, not for your own sake, but for the you know the whole universe' sake. Because if we live in a universe, we really are talking about one. And there is no disconnection from anyone to anyone if we are really seeing everything through the microscope or the telescope, whatever way you want to put it in a small place, on a bigger place, that we are all connected through our electrons, 
you know, that surround us, if we want to see it in, the, in, in physics, as, as I was taught, and basically that's the way I, I see life, you know, I'm not, I believe there is a, a universal force, there is, you know, those universal, universal forces, I call it God, I believe in God, I believe in that, I don't believe in religions. I think it takes a lot of wisdom to get to that point, because everybody that's the type of stuff that anybody can deduce if you if you live life it's there you encounter it and and people are the best expression of that sort of embodied and how we can serve one another it's beautiful so that's that, that's my if, if i can call my religion right now is how can i serve you yes <laughs> i'm the there best too way I can serve you uh, that that will be my way to be in a religious way of living that's great. Um, so who are you teaching right now? Um, do you have people that you're teaching chiropractic to, or do you focus more on the, the funtitude? What's the uh, ratio there? You know something? It's so cool that you're asking me, because before I was just, you know, I was going to come alive, I said, hmm, funtitude is being kind of put aside lately. <laughs> it's hmm. something I have to just put it back up. And basically, funtitude is not on the side lately. It's... As a funtitude, I haven't come out about just to bring it a little bit more open. I bring my funtitude lifestyle to everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm teaching more in the chiropractic world to chiropractic students, more in the Spanish-speaking communities, especially uh, South America and Mexico, and in the States. You know, I, I, I was uh, this last weekend in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, in the uh, graduation, and I'm part of the board of Sherman College of, uh, of Chiropractic. I'm part of the board of trustees of that institution right now. And before, before that, uh, I was in uh, life talking to a Hispanic chiropractic club. Okay. Everyone spoke Spanish. Or speak Spanish. So basically, I am in that process. August, at the end of August, I'll be in Mexico again. I was in April in Mexico teaching a seminar in the chiropractic model. And I, I, I am a, a staff of Epienergetics, which is a part, that's what Donnie uh, Epstein is, you know, the owner, or whatever you want to call it. And I teach the network spinal systems, you know, in the world. We're expecting if it opens, we're just having a little bit of a trouble with uh, some of the countries opening, and Chile haven't opened still yet, mm. and they have very restricted uh, laws or you know policies that to get inside. So I have a seminar put on the day for September. So that's another thing that we're working on. If it doesn't happen this year because of you know the policies they have, then we'll go for next year for sure. Okay. And that's what I've been doing right now. And I practice full-time. Where do you see yourself in, in five years? I know some some chiropractors, they um, after they've been in practice for a long time, they might tend towards the um, policy-making side of things. Um, where do you see yourself like growing into and, and fitting in in the future? Yeah, basically, in the next five years... I would love to be more of teaching all over the place, you know, especially the Spanish-speaking communities. And uh, having my practice, 
just more associates that they can run the practice. And I would like to open more practices of what I do in the island. If that's, you know, that's something I would love to do. I have my hands, you know, pretty full. And that's what I see myself, you know, just keep more of more teaching and bringing Fontitude as for the masses, not just for the chiropractors. Just mm. bringing more seminars, ways that people, you know, can have a Fontitude life through different means. I, I like to teach different ways. I'm very creative in the way I bring things forward. So I don't know if you have seen me on the just doing my dancing things that I did through the whole uh, pandemic. We were, you know, first of all, the lockdown. And then I was kind of like every night for eight months. I had a theme. I did a story that connected to the theme. I, I always, you know, the best way I could, I find a song that was connected to the theme. So that was like a full-time job. Uh, it was, I mean, it took me sometimes four or five hours to create that just to do it in 15 minutes in front of a camera for eight months every day <laughs> nonstop. What was the kind of response that you got from that? Oh, my God. You know, there, there is two, two stories that touch my heart and still bring tears to my eyes. Two, two people, two guys. One a younger, one an older one in Mexico. They were going to commit suicide. And because they saw what I was doing, it really shifted their life. And that made my life different. Because if I can touch the life of somebody just to decide not to take their life away, by me doing it stupidity, because if you see me dancing, you go, this guy is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, something that is stupid... You never know, you know, it's, it's like the saying of BJ. You never know how far what you may say, think, or uh, you may think, say, or do today will affect the life of millions tomorrow. You never know. And to me, that's plentiful. I got people from, even from uh, Australia, one, one girl just wrote me, you know, I, I really like what you're saying. I like your messages. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, what I expect somebody to speak Spanish in Australia. I mean, <laughs> I mean, an English speaking person, you know, I will, you know, most probably will call me or tell me or whatever, right? But not a Spanish speaker, a Spanish speaking person. Hmm. So you never know. Oh, I'm curious. Have you translated any, have you done any work translating chiropractic works into like uh, textbooks or anything like that? You know something? No. That's something I'm, I'm going to tell you a truth. I'm not a big reader. People, you know, you, you have all these people that say, you know, I'm, I'm a reader. I can I, I'm not. A, what you see is what you get. <laughs> I, I'm telling you what it is. I'm not a big reader. Just, I can read through audio. That, no, that's not a problem. So I prefer, if I'm going to do a book, I yeah. prefer just to listen to it. But to sit, you know, like I have coaches, you gotta read. If you don't read, you're nobody. I'm like, holy shit, then I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and because I take things in a fun way, you know, I, I will not take it personal. I'm okay. I'm not them. I do you're have. You're the guy that'll bring the words off the page into real life. You know something? Yes. And that connection with that 
you know, universal forces really bring what I need to know and what I need to say through my mouth. So when you see me speaking at times, you'll go, I'll, I, I go into a, into a zone that is not me who's speaking through my mouth it whatsoever. First of all, English is not my first language, as you can tell. And second of all, I don't speak English every day. So just to go fluently at times, I need to think a little bit. So when you get, you see me in the song, I start just saying things once after the other and the words come through. It's not me. It's not me whatsoever. And that happens to me in Spanish too. So, and I, when I get in front of cameras, I love it. It, it just transforms me. You know, I'm right now just being on, on, a, on a TV program in Puerto Rico. I come out twice a month. Um, I used to, I'm not doing that much lives anymore, but I wonder, when I turn on the, the, the camera, I go into it. I do, you know, little shots right now for my business page, which is body awareness. But that's the way, you know, it comes through me. It's just... There's something about having that, uh, that audience there. You know somebody's listening right now. And I've, I've been there too. I think it freaks most people out, but, and it used to, and, uh, I don't know, took some kind of a mindset change. I don't know exactly how to describe it. That's what it is. It's just when it comes through, it's come through, you know, I always say to my coach, sorry, I'm not a reader. <laughs> they go, uh, you must. I'm like, I know. So with your practice, have you found any sort of people that, well, obviously you've got the people that work there. You've got the patients. How else has that affected the community that you've that you've seen? You know something. In many ways, my practice is kind of a, a different one. Even though Puerto Rico is not that big, I tend I tend to uh, to attract more people from the outside parts of my town. It's weird. Okay. I have people driving two hours to see me, an hour and a half. For you guys, is that that's like, ah, that's normal. But Puerto Rican is not normal. Puerto Rican, just to give you an idea, driving more than 15 minutes away is far. Mm. Because remember, smaller, you know, you're just thinking scale. Right. Small scale. So two hours, like, oh, that's too far. But for all, you know, in the States, I live in the States. It's like, oh, that's normal. I go to, I go to work two hours. I can go back home two hours. That's no problem. You see what I'm saying? Right. I mean, the United States of America is huge compared to this small island that is so dot in the middle of the of the Atlantic and Caribbean Atlantic Ocean and Caribbean Sea. So I mean, it's totally in scale is totally different. That, that 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 that's in itself, and you know, I I kind of got lost track of of the question. Ask me a question. The the community. What does your community look like that has sort of been naturally built around your practice so most of my people come from outside of my of of my town and my you know what is my my most impactful way of building my community is that sometimes people are here they have been here with me the 20 the 28 25 years and there is people who keep talking about their experience for 29 years or 28 or 25 and they have not come anymore to my office. And that's more impactful. 
That's how you know you have something real, because somebody can post about something on social media, or they can keep quiet about it, and it seems like, oh man, word of mouth isn't spreading, and then, you know, 30 years later, somebody tells about something that you did. And you know what, how that came about? One time, this happened, I started chiropractic, you know, practicing in 92, so and I graduated in 92, so when I started practicing, the whole thing is, this woman is the mother of a very good friend of mine. He's a medical doctor. As a matter of fact, he's a gynecologist. And uh, she came to my office. He told me, just go, go to my friend Jose. And I said, okay, come. So I remember just taking care of her maybe three times. And my practice is people don't come three times. People will come for forever. But those are the people that I'm talking about. And after maybe 15 years after the fact... I will say in the 2000s, I found her and she said, ah, Jose, how are you? I couldn't remember her. I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> I would like to say yes, but no. It's been so long. <laughs> and she started talking to me and my brain started functioning. And she said, no, my son. And I asked her, what's your, your, your son's name? Ah, okay, got it. And I, and I went into it. And she said, you know something? I know I saw you three or four times. But you don't know how you changed my life. And I went like, what? Tell me more. And she said, you know, I was going through a big, deep problem at the time. I think I was either getting divorced or her husband passed away. And she was going through a lot of big turmoil. And when she went to my office, you know, everything that shifted. And she was telling me all this stuff. And I was like... I didn't know what to say. So was that appropriate for her to continue coming to my office? That's a good question. Or was that what she needed? Not in the chiropractic model, but in the life model. And it's not about how many years people can be in your practice only, but how can you impact people beyond that? And they will just say things that you never knew what you were doing was that good. And not me, because I don't do anything. It's just the universal forces in, con in connection with your innate forces. Basically, this has got to be something so, so much more to it. It would be nice if there was a way to, to track the quality instead of the quantity where, you know, a single second can mean life and death to somebody, basically, versus oh, that's yeah. one extreme. And then there's the, you know, you do a little bit hundreds of times on the other extreme. I, I, I was reading the other day of one of, I don't remember, um, let me see if it was either Cornell, one of the universities were doing a... Uh, a research on the non-tangible, you know, how to measure non-tangible things. And this, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I, I, I'm not very good, as I said, reading things, but the just that I get is, yes, you can measure the non-tangible. There is a way to do it. And I was like, wow, I want to know more about that. So there's something I have to just get into it because I... I thought it was amazing. The only thing that I feel that could ever do it, and maybe this isn't true, but this is my hunch right now, is that you can measure it, but it takes a long time to measure it. Because something yeah. might be hidden and you don't, it doesn't come out or, and surface 
for a really long time. But that, 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 that's the beauty because the, in the incognito of something, it brings the beauty of something else can rise up instead of having it more in the box. So everything, we will have it a square and we know how it is and we know how to do it. It's a different story. And I think when we have a little bit of that, you know, that openness, it brings the magic of life. And something more can raise, you know, out of that. This is something I'm going to tell you and I'm going to share in, a, in, a more, in an open way. Um, the last, the last, not the last weekend, the weekend, two weekends before that I told you I was in, in Atlanta, in Life University, was talking to the Hispanic Chiropractic uh, Club, and I, I said this to them. I said, I don't have kids. And my girlfriend has two kids. They're my kids, you know, but my blood is not in, the, in, in their blood. So I love them. And I said, any of you who wants to come and get it adjusted, we call it entrainment, in my office, you don't have to pay me anything. I will take care of you. I will take care of your family. You don't have to pay me nothing. The only thing I will ask in my life, I'm right now 56 years old, and I'm not getting younger. When I get older, whatever I am, the only favor I ask is that you come and take care of me. And at least you visit to say hi. Is that fair? Everyone was crying with me, obviously, because I said, you are my kids. And I think that's profound, not in words, but in energy-wise. Because one of the most kind of lonely times in your lives is when people get into being seniors. Not because it's bad, it's because people are very busy in their lives. And now you have to go into a different lifestyle. I would like to see myself receiving so many people just getting adjust, adjusting me <laughs> and saying, hi, how are you? Give me a hug. And then they go, <laughs> you know, for somebody that focuses on the fun, it seems like you uh, are able to get people to cry with you pretty yeah, regularly. <laughs> I, I get emotional easy. So I hope I can impact people in that emotional side too. Because this is the only way I'm going to, I know you're going to remember me. And you're going to remember the energy that I, that we both brought to the space. And now I don't want to remember me as a me, but as the energy that I brought into the space that it was, it's going to be better after we leave. And if that's happened, I did my best. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things, uh, that you mentioned, uh, this was, well, you didn't mention it here, but in another talk that I listened to where it's just the, you know, what you put out is what you get back. So if you know that you need to be investing more in people and encouraging them or, you know, making them smile, but you don't feel like doing it, the act of doing it will make, will change how you feel. So totally. go out and run, go out and dance, go out and, you, your heart will follow your actions. You know, you know that endorphins and all kinds of, you know, 
different hormones or neurotransmitters they're going to start coming through and you know your life is going to change i mean it's it's just and i did i learned this this is donnie epstein has a story as a kid it's like you will call like a dumb kid kid that was a slow learner he couldn't follow you know the the the, the people around him and his mother they're 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 they're, they're a, a you family you know jewish family so she was worried about, you know, what's going to happen with him. There, there, there were two brothers, you know, himself and his brother, and basically mama, mom and dad. And her mom was like, if we pass away, what's going to happen to him? And to him, that really impacted me. And I'm using it in my life for whatever, whatever use it will bring to all of us. He said, when you go to a place, Donnie, I want you to leave the place in a better, in a better, energetically wise place than it was before, and do it every time. So people will remember you, not by who you are, but by what you brought into the space, and people will take care of you. Well, that blew me. I was like, oh my God, what a principle. And I said, well, I don't have kids. I have family. They will take care of me, but they don't have the obligations. I said, I I, I can have kids, but in a different way. <laughs> I can create my kids in a different way. You can have a whole lot more of them too. Of course. <laughs> you can have a lot of them. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> so, Jose, where could somebody go to get in contact with you or learn more about what you're doing? Okay. There is many platforms that I do, you know, that I am at Facebook in my person. You can find me as Jose, as JR, I mean, Jose R. Salgado DC. Facebook, I'm there. I'm in YouTube. I'm in Instagram. Same way. You can find me as well in Body Awareness Center or back BAC, in back as in back, but with the, without the K. So B as in boy, A as in Adam, C as in Charlie. In the we are in um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube. I'm not into TikTok yet, but that's something I'll will I'll be just kind of delving a little bit in LinkedIn. You can find me as well in Jose R. Salgado DC, and you can find me as well in Body Awareness Center. In the Funtitude, if you want to follow me, I am the three platform. I don't think I'm yet. I think I'm in LinkedIn. I'm working on that. But we are in Facebook. We are in Instagram. And we are in YouTube as well. One of the things I want to, I want to start is just start interviewing people. But that's something I'm just working on just to see how I incorporate it in the Funtitude way. And just ask people as you're doing, you know, how is your life is fun. But make it positive podcasts that are maybe a little bit shorter so people can have like the spark of it and then can use it with something you know that they can use like what would you what 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 what, what is it one of your rituals of the day that you bring fun in your life bingo let's bring it on yeah okay so people can use that you're saying you're working on that now yeah, I'm working on that now. That's one of the projects I want to bring on. I have so many things. I have like two hands and I would love to be an octopus, but this doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, Jose, thank you so much for your time and I uh, hope this inspired and touches many more people. Do you know something? And I wish you the same. And I want to just um, 
end up with a little story that I, you know, I said once in a while, I have used it before. My, one of my mentors at this time too, that I forgot to say is Roberto Monaco. Roberto Monaco is a public speaker. And uh, he was um, having his first child. And they were, you know, not him, his wife, but they're, they're doing a, a home birth. And they're going through the whole thing. And out of the sudden, her uh, kid came out and the, uh, how do you call that? The, um, it's not the home birth, the nurse, the, uh, I, I said in Spanish, partera, but the name just, you know, when the, when the person, it can be a nurse or a person that helps you just bring the kid, but at home. A midwife? A midwife, a midwife. The midwife was there and she started getting very worried and said to, to, to him, we're measuring her oxygen level and right now is around 60 to the kid after she was born and we're going to have to rush her to ER. And, you know, Roberto went berserk. You know, he went like, no, my kid is not going because he's really into chiropractic into home birth and he was you know he was trained for that even though he's not a chiropractor so he's like going like oh my god what are we gonna do and he said let me call my chiropractor our chiropractor so he got into the phone and you know he said hey what i got i can't remember <laughs> you know his chiropractor's name but the chiropractor was waiting for his call he said roberto What's going on? He said, I was waiting for your call. Tell me. He said, you got it. Can you come here right now? He said, I was waiting for your call. I'm telling you, I'm ready to do whatever you need. Tell me what it is. He said, I need you to come here. He said, I am there. Roberto got really impressed because the, the Cairo was there maybe like in 10 or 15 minutes. He thought he was just, just staying, you know, just waiting for him in front of his house. You know, literally, he was like, where the hell? You know, he just came like this. So he said, let me bring the kid, just brought it to him. And, you know, her name is Sophia. He got Sophia. And he did very gentle contact. When we take care of kids, it's gentle. You don't have to be that hard. And basically, gentle contact. And he said, let me just wait a little bit and I'll do another adjustment. So basically, he did another one. He said, okay, let me check her again, check her again. And he said, your daughter is clear. You can have her. And out of the sudden, her daughter just went like a big throw up. It went like, <laughs> and it was it was amniotic fluid all over the place. He said, "Jose, I was all filled with amniotic uh, fluid, and you know, the midwife, everyone." And out of the sudden, the oxygen levels start coming up, and he start crying, and he said. I got to tell you something, Jose. The power that creates the body heals the body. And I shared this story because I want to share that with you. The power that creates the body heals the body. Never doubt that that power that is inside of you can make a difference. Please get a chiropractor. Get in, adjusted. Get in trained. Get through whatever you need. Bring fun into your life, bring life, bring it to others. And, you know, I'm here just to serve you. Thank you for the invitation and give you a big hug. Thank you, Jose. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. 